Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole bennett Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Hey, Vanessa. Hi, Cara. It's getting hot here. It's getting hot where you are. It is getting hot where we are where I am. Hot and muggy, I bet, where Yeah, where it's not good for the hair. I'm going to stop blow drying my hair pretty soon because it's pointless. Oh, yeah. I had a week of very big hair last week when I was, when I was visiting your coast of this yes. country. You know, we're going to talk a little bit about heat because we're going to talk about hydration on this episode. And it's a topic that comes up a lot in the classes that we teach when we have kids in a classroom and we teach about nutrition or what you put into your body. Hydration is, I mean, it could be entirely about hydration and the kids are satisfied understanding how to feel hydrated. And they have a lot of conceptions, many of them misconceptions about what it means to be dehydrated. So we're going to do a whole episode about it because it's not that it's a phenomenon of puberty, but it's something that as kids are going into puberty, they start having a lot of questions about and they start sweating more. And because they start sweating more, actually their hydration status changes a little bit. And they also, they're not little kids anymore. You can say, go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. So they're relieving themselves less frequently. And it turns out as every kid we've ever taught loves to say, 
one of the ways you can tell if you're hydrated is your pee is clear. Exactly. And so if your pee looks pretty clear, you have a good sense of where you are in terms of your hydration status. But if you're not taking a break to go to the bathroom during the day because the school bathrooms are gross or there isn't time or it's too far or whatever, then it's kind of hard to follow. So there are all these reasons why hydration is actually a good puberty topic, even though it's ageless. And because it's a time when kids are beginning to learn how their bodies work, what kind of patterns there are in their bodies, how to take better care of their bodies. So it's a kind of a non-intimidating way to train kids to listen to their bodies, to understand what the signs are when something's not great and how to take care of it. So I end up talking a lot about hydration and preventing dehydration with my teenagers And it's a sign of independence when kids can be in charge of their own hydration. And so it's a wonderful training ground for other forms of independence. And I will tell you when my now 17-year-old was heading to sleepaway camp at eight, my biggest fear would be that he would get dehydrated at camp and wouldn't recognize the dehydration and would end up feeling or getting really sick. And so I spent a long time in the months leading up to his first sleepaway camp experience, helping him begin to understand what it feels like to be dehydrated and how to take care of himself if he's getting dehydrated. So it's not a small topic, even though it seems kind of obvious and basic. Yeah. And I'll give you the flip side of that coin, which is When I was in practice and taking phone calls in the middle of the night, all night long, I would often get calls from parents whose kids were vomiting and had diarrhea and the parents were really nervous that the kids were dehydrated and needed to go to the emergency room. And one of the words that they would use to describe their child after having had a few hours of endless vomiting and diarrhea was lethargic. Mm-hmm. And lethargic in parent lingo and lethargic in medical lingo mean two very different things. Lethargic in medical lingo is really like unarousable. Hmm. Someone who's lethargic, it is dire. When you use that word medically to other people in a healthcare setting, it connotes something really, really serious. In the parenting world, it can mean anything from unarousable to He's just sort of a couch potato right now. This is just not, doesn't have that much energy right now. It doesn't feel great. And so that word used to send off all sorts of red flags for me. And I learned very quickly to assess hydration status over the phone differently because lethargic is this word that we often use associated with dehydration. And we don't always use it in the way that it's meant to be used. So let's just jump into it. I actually want to go in a funny order here because everyone knows the answer to the question, what is the most important drink? It is water. Okay. So we're going to talk a lot about water. wine. What would you have done if I was like wine, <laughs> tequila, <laughs> coffee? Um, I like how you go to wine and tequila and I'm like coffee. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so um, we're going to talk a lot about water, but I actually want to start with my new appreciation, you're going to laugh about this. Oh my God, I'm getting prepared. My new appreciation for chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. 
A hundred percent. I'm with you. I'm not shocked at all. I'm so with you. Tell everyone why you have a new appreciation. Because I have a child who's an athlete. His sport is rowing. And I don't know if this happens in other sports, but after a huge race or a really big workout, their recovery drink, like right there, what the coaches bring, forget Gatorade or electrolyte drinks, they bring them chocolate milk. And in fact, chocolate milk is largely considered the correct rehydration drink for these kids to go have, which I did not know. I learned that when my kids were little and they were playing in like a little rec soccer league and the league was trying to keep parents from bringing lots of junk food, like Mm -hmm. donuts and, you know, I don't know, Gatorade. And they said chocolate milk and cheese sticks. Those were the snacks. And my kids were so psyched. I mean, they drank chocolate milk all the time. And actually the one who I worry the most about becoming dehydrated, the one who needed like a three month preparation before going away to sleepaway camp, he drinks chocolate milk in the morning before he goes to school. And he brings chocolate milk with him to have after soccer practice or when he's feeling kind of low energy during the day. Right. Which is a great strategy. And I want to share why chocolate milk is such an important strategy. I'm going to pull this straight from the Cleveland Clinic website, which has a beautiful summary that's super short. It's like two sentences. Cleveland Clinic, I think they were just rated the number one children's hospital in the country or they're right up there. It's an incredible, incredible hospital with wonderful resources. So if you're looking for online health resources, I always suggest people go to hospital websites that have .org at the end. You will often see some of the same content, hospital to hospital. One of the hospitals I recommend for pediatric information is Cleveland Clinic. And they literally have a link, and we can link this in the show notes, a question, should you drink chocolate milk after a workout? And the answer from one of their sports nutrition experts is a liquid recovery drink is usually a good idea, including chocolate milk. Liquids are quickly digested and absorbed, which helps enhance recovery. Chocolate milk has the required ratio of three to four grams of carbohydrate to one gram of protein. And as a complete protein, it provides the essential amino acids your body can't make. And then it goes on to give recipes for non-chocolate milk. And this, by the way, they haven't specified, but they later make it clear. It's chocolate cow's milk that they're talking about. So below they give some recipes, including chocolate soy milk, chocolate almond milk, chocolate coconut milk. And they talk about how cow and soy milk are complete proteins, but almond and coconut milk are not. So you have to be aware of that as you're making your recovery drink. Then they talk about smoothies that use Greek yogurt, unsweetened plain Greek yogurt, berries, banana, honey. So you can see how there's protein and there's carb being introduced into a smoothie. And then get this one. This is my go-to. Like If I'm feeling exhausted in the middle of the afternoon, what do I crave? A bowl of cereal with cow's milk or soy milk as a recovery snack. And again, the idea is it's carb plus protein and all the amino acids. 
Do you know how many hours I've spent on Zoom, Cara, watching you eat a bowl of cereal? <laughs> yes, I do. So like I wasn't spoon, talking to you when I the said- The spoon you. clinking against the bowl. I, I am mean, a huge- I'm a huge cereal eater and you know I am a huge milk drinker and I drink all kinds of milk. I personally have gone through soy milk phases and almond milk phases and oat milk phases and but I'm a cow's milk drinker, no judgment on any type of milk that anyone chooses. But I think it's exactly this sort of rehydration piece. The chocolate in it increases the carb load a little bit and that turns out to be really, really important for sports recovery. But I want to say one last thing, which is we are not talking about you just walk the dog around the block and now you need a recovery drink. That, no, we're not talking about I just had PE and I need a recovery drink. It's fine to have chocolate milk after those things. But what we are talking about is you have an hour-long practice on a hot, sweaty day and you are starting to lose electrolytes and you are sweating a lot. You are in a workout program and your heart rate has been up and sustained for 20, 30, 40 minutes and you're hot and sweaty, you have a humongous pillow fight or dance party with friends and you are hot and sweaty. We're not talking about recovery from very low grade activity. When people say recovery drink, it's really when you're trying to replenish sweating out a lot of fluid and a lot of electrolytes. And most of the time, hydration is about water or some version of water. Yes. So let's let's go there because for everyone and anyone, the most important drink is water. And some people, I'm not one of those people, some people actually really don't like water. I know people who do not like drinking water. They're very specific about the taste of the water, kids, adults. So let's start. Oh, there you go. So let's I'm raising start. my hand. I'm let's very specific. <laughs> So how do you handle that? If water is so important, yet for some people, for whatever reason, it doesn't feel good to drink it, what do you do? Yeah. So I want to roll back and just say for a second, because there's going to be a question flashing through people's mind, how much water do you need? When I was growing up, which was before when you were growing up, Vanessa, when I was growing up, there was a whole movement, eight glasses of water a day. And that turns out to be just bogus marketing. You know, Eight glasses of water a day doesn't define how big the glasses are. And actually, when the glasses were big enough, it sent some people into water overload and they actually became water intoxicated. You have to have kidneys that work well, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to be able to filter large volumes of water. Other people, eight glasses of water a day is like nothing and they do 10 or 12 or 14. So really, when we look at how much water any given person needs in any given day, we suggest we physicians suggest that people just follow their own hydration status. Look at your pee. If your pee is dark yellow and you are not taking a vitamin or supplement or eating a food that stains your pee dark yellow, then you need to go hydrate a little bit more. And you got to be careful about how you do it because you really can drink. So, I mean, have you ever had so much water you felt sick? You know that feeling? No. Okay. That's so fascinating. I thought everyone had. Why is that? I don't know. I mean, you know, you can, if you drink too much water at once, it just stends your stomach and you feel nauseated and it's your body's way of just saying, stop, stop, stop. And so you don't want to push too hard, but pace yourself through the day. Another side note about water and volume of water is for parents who are wondering, how do I get my kid to not pee in the middle of the night? This is for 
parents of younger kids who sort of had stops and starts with potty training or even older kids who have never really mastered it. And now they're starting to do sleepovers or they're going to a sleepaway camp session and the parents are really stressed about it. Just a side note that yes, it helps to cut down on the volume of water in the evening, but it helps much, much, much more to pee very regularly throughout the day. That it turns out that it's holding your pee in and distending your bladder and making your bladder like a really loose balloon. That's the problem with not being able to get through the night and not sort of being potty trained, if you will. And we did a whole episode on this very topic around the topic of bedwetting, and yep. which happens, by the way, through all ages, not That's just right. young children. And Kara gave her step-by-step advice about how to get into a routine that will hopefully help with bedwetting. So you can go back and listen to that very specific advice. Do you or someone you love have smelly feet? Well, this is for you. We made magical socks. We did. The magic is zinc. With zinc around, bacteria cannot grow. And if bacteria cannot grow, well, then there are no bacteria to eat the sweat. And if there's no bacteria to eat the sweat, then there's no off-gassing. And if there's no off-gassing, then there's no smell. That's how umsocks work. Check out the link in our show notes or go to myoomla.com. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. (laughs) And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, magnesium breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. 
But if you can't or you don't get enough, magnesium breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie Horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. Now to get to the nitty gritty of what do you do if you don't like the water because everyone needs water. I mean, this is this should be the default drink, right? And the answer is, you got to figure it out. I mean, so for me, I have a very sensitive palate to water. Sorry if I offend any listeners, but I can't drink Dasani water. I just can't. It's, I don't it, like it either. It has a really strong flavor that I, I have to be so thirsty to drink it. And likewise, sometimes the water that comes out of a Brita filter has a certain very almost metallic kind of feel to me. And sometimes it bothers me and sometimes it doesn't. So I notice flavors, different bottled waters, and that makes sense. The bottled waters are flavored. The unflavored ones are flavored based upon where the water is being drawn from. Is it being drawn from the Swiss Alps or is it being drawn from a tap in Brooklyn? Like, I actually know? don't like Evian. Right. Some people don't like that flavor. And also the plastic bottles Mm. I don't know if you've noticed that water that comes out of plastic bottles can taste very different than water yeah. that comes out of glass. And that's because water, when it's transported, is heated and cooled and heated and cooled. It's in the back of a truck. It gets hot. It goes into the grocery shelf. It's refrigerated. And each step of the way, as it heats and cools and heats and cools, when it's stored in plastic, it'll leach some of the chemicals off. The so there are a lot of good reasons to not pick up single serve or plastic water bottles. And one of them is you're probably introducing a chemical load that you don't really want along with the water that you're drinking. Tap water is my favorite personally. 
because at least you know where it's coming from and you can request a report about your tap water. You can put filters into your home. There are very sophisticated filters that you can put on the front end that filter every single water line in your house. You can also just screw in little filters onto the tap where the water comes out and those are less sophisticated filters. You can use systems like Brita and other portable filters. But what I like about tap water is that the municipality, they have to report what's in it and they have to test the water. So I don't know what's in that jug of water that I just bought at the corner store. I don't know where it's from. I don't know whose tap it's from. I don't know if it's international, domestic, but I do know where my tap water is from. And I do know that I can see what's in it and someone's tested it. So that's why personally, I've come to love tap water because I like the knowledge of it. And for people who really don't like water, and I know some people like this, not just kids, what are good substitutes? Is sparkling water okay? Is seltzer okay? Is like, where do we fall out on juice, right? Because juice has now been demonized in our culture because of all the sugar. Like what are good alternatives? Yeah. So long ago, I read a couple of studies about sparkling water and what makes water have bubbles is phosphorus in the water. And if you ingest a lot of phosphorus, it'll eventually pull some of the calcium out of your bones because phosphorus likes to find calcium. And so there are old studies that showed that for people who only drank sparkling water, they ended up having less calcium in their bones. Their bones were a little demineralized. So I always used to tell my patients, if you love sparkling water and that's a way you can hydrate yourself, then just for every glass of sparkling, drink a glass of flat mm -hmm. and at least you know you're getting some flat in. I will tell you, I haven't read the studies lately. So if the science has changed, I would love to hear from a listener because I would love to understand. And especially things that like those home sparkling systems, like the soda streams and mm -hmm. things like that. You know, I'd love if there's a listener who has some information on the science behind that and whether that water is less sort of calcium leaching than other, bring it. Like, send us the information. We would love to hear about that. Juice is a treat. It's like, you want to have a slice of cake? You want to have a cookie? You want to have a milkshake? You want to have a glass of juice? Like I just put it in the same category. Juice with pulp is better than juice without pulp because the pulp in juice will help slow the digestion of certain minerals and vitamins. So you actually absorb more of the nutrients of what's supposed to be in the juice. If you have like just a fruit juice with no pulp, I mean, you might as well just throw a bunch of refined sugar into a glass of water and drink it, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I just don't, yes, there's some water in there, but there's very little nutritional value in sort of a very watery fruit juice or a or sort of a, a juice box type juice. That said, you have four children, Vanessa. You've dealt with plenty of stomach flus in your house. And what is the absolute go-to first drink when a kid has had a lot of vomiting and a lot of diarrhea? I mean, typically apple juice, mm -hmm. right? Although as they've gotten older, they're kind of less willing to drink apple juice and would prefer more like a Gatorade or vitamin water. But for many, many years, it was apple juice. And it turns out, you know, it's funny about that. It turns out that the Gatorades and vitamin waters of the world are really similar to apple juice in terms of their nutritional composition. Hmm. They have a ton of sugar. 
yes, they have some electrolytes. Gatorade has some sodium and potassium and it's good. That sort of restores the fluid balance inside your blood vessels. But there's so much sugar. I once did a science project in one of my kids' classes, maybe they're in second or third grade, and we made Gatorade, but Hmm. we made it with sugar and sodium and potassium and food coloring. And when the kids were spooning spoonful after spoonful after spoonful of sugar into the Gatorade, that visual just blew them away. So a 20 ounce Gatorade, gosh, this was a long time ago, but I want to say it was either seven or nine teaspoons of sugar. It was the equivalent of one can of Coke, one and a half large Hershey bars. So so don't kid yourself. I take yourself. a Hershey bar any day of the week. Over right? <laughs> so that's exactly right. So if you're making a choice and you're like, you just, you know, did something you want to go treat yourself, you can treat yourself to a Gatorade, but that's your treat, you know, otherwise treat yourself to the Hershey bar. That's the deal with juice. It's why you'll hear lots and lots of pediatricians put juice very low on the list of things we'd like to go into kids' body. It's just... They're just calorie dense and nutrient poor. So what we haven't talked about, and I'm imagining this is where you're going to go in the backwards chronology of this conversation is why is hydration so important? Why does the body need water or fluids? What are the signs besides the color of your pee that you don't have enough fluid? Like I know in my house, the first question I ask when my kids tell me they have a headache is how much water did you drink today? (laughs) And it's normally like, they think they drank a lot of water, but it's like, oh, I had two glasses of water at lunch. And I'm like, okay, but since then you've gone to five classes and played three hours of sports and sat on a hot bus. So I think maybe that's not enough. So headaches are a big thing. I think are also constipation for some people that hydration is a big issue there. Yeah. Um, So will you talk about why it's so important? You bet. So I think everyone knows that the majority of the human body is water. Adults, it's about 60%. For little kids, for infants, it's higher. The percentage of water in the body is even higher. Um, And you can break it down by body part and the amount of water in each body part is different. So blood is the wateriest part of us, which sort of makes sense. It's about 83%, but it's tied with liver and kidneys, which are also extraordinarily watery. Your heart is very watery. Um, Your brain, even your bones. Bones are like somewhere between a quarter and a third water. It's so Hmm. interesting. We think of bones as just like solid and brittle, but they're not. And and that makes sense, right? Because if you've ever seen sort of like a chicken bone and, you know, I don't know if you, you have that thing. When I was a kid, we would always fight over the wishbone. You would have to let the wishbone dry out yes. before it was breakable, right? My mom used to have like wishbones lined up on the windowsill in the kitchen. <laughs> I was like, can we like move on this? Can we yeah, like exactly. address the dry wishbones? Because like I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable in the kitchen. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, so the concept of sort of why we need water is it's really one of the primary ingredients of our body. It makes, you know, we we have energy in the form of ATP and we have water and there's a lot of other cellular material that makes us who we are. But, you know, we can live many, many, many days without eating, but we cannot live many, many, many days without drinking. Water is the most important basic resource that keeps our bodies going. 
So let's talk about those signs of dehydration so that people can use the word lethargic appropriately and help communicate better with healthcare providers, not just about children, but about themselves as time goes on. So the signs of very mild dehydration, the very beginnings of being dehydrated, you nailed it with headache. Headache is one of the very first, but even before headache, you'll feel a little parched in your mouth. We all know that feeling, right? And it's the body's way of cueing us like, oh, I got to go get water, right? But very quickly after that feeling of parched, people will feel a headache. And people who are migraine sufferers will sometimes get what are called auras, which are these flashing lights or other sort of visual hallucinations that trigger them to know they're about to get a migraine. Migraines, just to tie this together with hydration, happen when the blood vessels in the brain spasm a little bit, and they spasm a little bit for a lot of different reasons. But one reason can be that there's not enough blood volume in those blood vessels. And so they're trying to contract a little bit to get the relative amount of blood. You know, they're not super full of blood. It's like having a hose that's half full and they spasm a little to try to get that blood a little more concentrated. And they're trying to get the blood to where it needs to go in the brain. And it's the spasm, it's the shutting down and opening up and shutting down and opening up of those blood vessels that will often trigger a migraine. Caffeine can trigger it as well. Caffeine is a diuretic, which means it makes you pee. It gets rid of the water in your body. So that is probably the main way that caffeine triggers a migraine. Caffeine can also solve a migraine. So, yeah. right. So I migraine. remember when I was pregnant uh-huh. and I was getting headaches. <laughs> yeah. The OBGYN was like, okay, so have a cup of coffee and take a Tylenol. And I was yeah. like, what? What are you talking about? Everyone's telling me not to drink coffee and not to take any medicine. And then all of a sudden she was like, oh yeah, no, it opens up the blood vessels. It does. That's exactly right. So both causes the problem and solves the problem, which is really backwards. It's like family. (laughs) It's like family. (laughs) I say nothing on that. So dry mouth, had a slight headache. And the best sign of course, is your pee is getting darker. Okay. That's mild dehydration. It's not even, I wouldn't even use dehydration. I would just say like, I need some more water. Moderate dehydration is when we get into, okay, the amount of water in the body is going down enough that the blood vessels are actually feeling it. The blood needs a lot of water in order to keep everything coursing through the body in the right way. The red blood cells are thick and sludgy. You've got lots of nutrients that need to get everywhere. You have oxygen that needs to get everywhere. And so you want a certain amount of, you like want, you don't want the river to run dry. You want the river to be rolling at a certain height. And so at moderate dehydration, the river is starting to run a little bit dry and you start to see those physical signs. So the way that I've always been trained is the mucous membranes, the things that are supposed to be wet, start to get dry. The inside of the mouth starts to get dry. The lips get a little bit dry. The eyes are not glassy and watery. They get a little bit dry. Urine gets more concentrated. Now the pee gets pretty dark and you don't make a lot of it. And there's this amazing phenomenon called tenting. And tenting is when you pinch your skin. And Mm. if you pinch it right now while I'm speaking, if you're not dehydrated at all, it just, it's very elastic. It just goes up and down really quickly. But if you're moderately dehydrated and you pinch, it'll actually stay, it'll look like a little tent for a second. 
it'll stay up and it'll be like, hmm, there's not a lot of water in my skin. And if you're severely dehydrated, there is significant tenting where when you pinch the skin and that tent like look sticks around for a long time. And tenting is one of the best signs that someone is extraordinarily dehydrated because the skin, I mean, think about how your skin shifts and changes based upon the humidity and your own hydration status. And so when you start losing water from your body, the skin is a really good indicator Hmm. that you're dry. Um, By the time someone is severely dehydrated, and this is, you know, this is hospital level dehydration, they are not peeing. They're not making urine. Their mucous membranes are so dry. Their lips are actually chapped. Little kids who are moderately to severely dehydrated are moody, crying, whining. They're not themselves. And older kids and adults feel really crummy as well, but can articulate it a little bit better. The headache is very intense. And in the most severe circumstances, people will lose consciousness and they'll actually need to lay down if you're moderately to severely dehydrated. Because think about it, the river is running really dry. Where do you need blood flow? Brain brain. So if you lay down, at least you don't need a whole lot of gravitational push against, you know, against gravitational pull to get the blood flowing to the brain. Can crying dehydrate you? I feel like I used to get headaches after having temper tantrums and crying a lot. And I'm just wondering. So it's such a good question because I don't think that crying, I think it's hard to cry enough to be dehydrated. However, it's not just the tears when you cry. You're sobbing and panting and you lose a lot of water when you pant. So Hmm. think about, right? Because your lungs, as you exhale, there's a fair amount of vapor there. And if you're crying for long enough and hard enough, you're not hydrating. You're not stopping to drink, right? Right. So, uh, you know, a five minute crying session, no. But if you've got someone who is sobbing for hours and they're not hydrating and they're panting and their heart rate is up because they're so sad and they're all of these things in their body are working harder than usual, I could see a case in which you could, yeah, you could get a little bit dry, but you'd have to be really upset, Vanessa. I mean, like like fifth grader upset or eighth grade. Yeah, I was going to say like middle school kids, (laughs) they can do a lot. They can do a crying marathon if you give them the opportunity. Totally. So how do we institute good habits and how do we get kids to institute good habits? Which is like, yeah, I mean, between dental floss and drinking water, I feel like it's a losing battle. Yeah. Oh my God, the dental floss thing. So what I would say is the following. If you can do two things on the hydration front, you are winning. So the first is if you can convince your kids to carry around a water bottle, you're winning. Because to your question- And not lose it. And not lose it the next day and not lose it. But to your point about some people don't like certain water tastes, water in a water fountain doesn't taste great. Water in the school cafeteria doesn't always taste great. So if you can send them with their own water supply, they are more likely to just sip at it during the day. And that's huge. And there are lots of different types of containers that can keep water cool or keep water warm or soft these like collapsible soft water bottles that feel more convenient because they're not big and clunky. So that's a great back to school supply to get this summer and to start implementing this summer and then getting into the backpack for back to school. The other winning way to keep a kid hydrated, you know, you can talk about avoiding headaches. You can talk about avoiding dehydration. You could talk about, or you could talk about maximizing how good your skin looks. 
Mm. And acne can be made significantly better with hydration. It doesn't solve the problem of C. acnes, which is the bacteria in the skin that then sort of works with the oils and the proteins in the sweat to make this whole cycle of acne begin, doesn't solve that. But what it does do is it waters down the sweat. And so the more hydrated you are and the thinner the sweat is, the less concentrated it is with oil, the less oily nutrition there is for the bacteria on the skin to chomp through and the less of an ecosystem you have for acne on the face, on the chest, on the back. I have seen hydration completely transform kids' skin. And so that's a really great argument to make, especially if you have a kid who does not respond to some of the other reasons why we think they should stay hydrated. Cara, you are a font of knowledge. And that pun was totally intended. <laughs> I'm so thirsty right now. I got to go drink a glass of water. I know. My, my tea. The other thing we do while we record, which people may not know, is we are typically drinking tea, coffee, hot water, less cold water during the day. It's usually like warm drinks all day long. And the other thing you might not know, because we don't do it while we're recording, is like between recordings and meetings, our text chain essentially sounds like this. I got to go pee. Okay, me too. See you in five. It's like if you went back through our text chain, 90% of it would be about us going to the bathroom. So good luck getting your kids to hydrate. And yourself. Yes. So I think modeling, self-righteously modeling how good you are at hydrating is wonderful. One of my kids recently started cutting up lemons to put in their water because they don't like the way certain water tastes. And that's great, right? So letting them improvise and figure out what works for them, what kind of water bottles they like. Do they like straws? Do they like big Nalgene's with open mouths? Do they like smaller mouths? There's all sorts of ways to give them a little bit of power and say so in how they hydrate because it is so, so, so important that letting them make some decisions is very useful. And we would be remiss without saying there are foods that are very high water content that are great ways to get water in too. So watermelon and lots of I ate watermelon all through my pregnancies, actually. Mm -hmm. And then citrus fruits have a ton of water and really because they've got pulp, they've got a really great nutrition delivery system in them. Frankly, any fruit or vegetable is going to have a fair amount of water. Cucumber is a great water vehicle. So you can start playing with learning those nutritional tricks as well. So not only can you be annoying and tell your kid to go drink some water, you can also say, well, go have a piece of fruit, which is like (laughs) even... More annoying. How to be popular it's... in your own home <laughs> by Psych. Cara and Vanessa. <laughs> Thanks, Cara. Bye, Vanessa. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products like the Oom shorts or the Oom socks or the Oom bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book 
or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.